Hi there, this is Wade Kipley, and you are listening to Wednesday with Wade. Now, 2020 is, for the lack of a better word, crazy. Teachers are seeing the craziness firsthand this fall. Every Wednesday, I'm going to dialogue with a teacher about learning, about teaching, leading, living, and growing in a year unlike any other. So, join me and my guest every Wednesday on Wednesday with Wade. Happy Wednesday, everybody. November 4th, Wade here. This is episode nine of Wednesday with Wade. I've got two warriors with me today. I've got Michelle McIntyre, English, Orland Terp, overall just awesome person. And we've got Travis Dolly, not quite as awesome, but still pretty awesome. English, debate, speech, jack of all trades with me today. So Michelle, Travis, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is this is awesome, and your opening is one hundred percent true. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I just I try to make it fun, make it light. We're, we we try to stay positive with everything we do. Um, Travis, I can, I know you well enough now that I can uh, that I can tease a little bit. So um, let's yeah, we're we're having fun here. So. Uh, typically the first thing, um, that I have for the guests, cause there's going to be people that listen that, that know you guys. Well, there might be some that don't know you at all somewhere in between. Uh, so Michelle, we'll start with you. Uh, just kind of talk about your journey, uh, to where you are right now in teaching and life, whatever you want to include. Okay. Well, I guess if I were to say how I got to teaching, I think I kind of, from the time I was old enough to read, which was kindergarten, wanted to be a teacher. Um, But my path was kind of a crooked one to get here. Uh, I went to college at USD and started uh, prepping to be a teacher and then thought maybe I wanted to do school social work or counseling or something like that. And then I started doing mock trial in college and then I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. So I I had a ton of interests and um, I eventually ended up with a criminal justice, poli-sci and sociology degree and ended up going into management for a while. And uh, at a certain point, just couldn't stop thinking that I was supposed to have been a teacher. Uh, So I went to USF and joined their cohort where I could get my master's and my teaching certification, um, which I did and was lucky enough to get to uh, student teach here at Washington in the social studies department. And then was even luckier to get hired right away after that to teach English and coach oral interp. So that's how I got here. Awesome. Okay. I didn't, I, I didn't realize and the one fun thing doing this is, is learning things about people I already know. Um, you know, I, I talked with my mom, my mom was my first guest and I learned some stuff. Uh, you'd think I'd know most stuff about my mom, but yeah, that's, that's part of the fun of doing this. Uh, Travis, your, uh, your journey to where you are. Yeah. So I, uh, when I first went to college, I was kind of, kind of with Michelle, I always kind of liked teaching and, and coaching kind of idea. I used to actually teach, uh, students and help them with their math. Uh, as far back as uh, middle school and, and just kind of understanding everything. And I was actually originally a math major in college and looking at doing that and, and maybe uh, coaching, you know, cross-country track, you know, being the you know, uh, Shane Riley of uh, Washington maybe and uh, doing that, but uh, started getting more involved in the speech and debate. Of course, I would obviously do that in high school, uh, but actually coached my uh 
senior year at Aberdeen Center uh, at Aberdeen Central when I was at Northern State, but uh, still wasn't sure. So I actually went to grad school right away, taught uh, speech 101 at SDSU, thinking, well, maybe I want to coach and teach at college level. Well, I just did not like it. Uh, so the next year, I actually started coaching at Dual High School when I was still teaching uh, grad school, and and uh, just loved it. Just loved working with those high school kids again. So. I decided, all right, I'm going to go back and get my teaching license. So I joke, I, I went to college for seven years to be a teacher, uh, which was, you know, apt. Uh, taught for a year at Beersford High School, which I should probably apologize to those students because, oh, my God, I can't believe how bad I probably was that year. Because uh, it was actually, that was actually my practice teaching uh, in quotation marks there. I didn't actually have a cooperating teacher. It was the principal who stopped in like twice. Oh, wow. It was like, Oh no, you're, you're going to be fine. Here you go. <laughs> uh, which you can imagine the disaster that that was, oh, um, went to Nashville, spent a year there. And then, uh, Eric Euchre, the longtime debate coach there at, at Washington, uh, was taking a year sabbatical. And so the position at Washington came open. Uh, it was just a one-year position, but, uh, my wife and I kind of wanted to move back to the Dakotas, so I took that position and uh, and then stayed on as the assistant coach while I was actually teaching math over at VOA Dakotas uh, for a few years. So uh, teaching a lot of middle school and uh, algebra one, algebra two math uh, until the fall of 2009 when uh, I started teaching the debate one class again here over at Washington. Been here ever since. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right, so that's how Michelle and Travis are here. Uh, the next uh, topic, this is uh, Michelle's that she wanted to uh, bring to the program today. Um, just talking about the best advice um, that she has received and, uh, and using that. So Michelle will let you lead this conversation. Best advice you've gotten. Yeah, I'll give you some context of this story. Um, on that crooked journey, I told you about to get to be a teacher. For a long time, I was a school secretary at Axtell Park Middle School. And there was one year when we were probably like two or three days away from the students starting up with us. We'd been in our building for about a week getting ready, you know, for a new school year to start. And our principals took us to, I think it was Terrace Park for lunch. It was gorgeous outside, you know, beautiful, perfect fall day. And uh, we're sitting at the picnic table and the uh, assistant principal, Carrie Aaron, that I worked for, um, she said something to the effect about how beautiful it was outside. And we were all talking about, yeah, pretty soon, you know, we're gonna be inside all day. We're not gonna be able to enjoy the weather anymore, you know, and she said, what you guys need to do is take a deep breath, which we did. And then she said, remember right now how perfect this feels, how happy you feel, how at peace you are. And then on the worst day of school, in the dead of winter, in the middle of whatever crazy day that's going on with kids, breathe it out. And you hold those things in in your life. You breathe in those moments and save them for the times that you need to breathe them out to give you a little perspective, a little peace, a little calm in that moment. And I've carried that with me forever. In fact, um, year before last at one of our national tournaments for Interp, we were in Omaha and we were having one of those perfect days. It was 
May. It was beautiful. We had gone and seen this amazing inspirational speaker before our competition began and the kids were so happy. And so I stopped them out in the parking lot and I had them get in a circle and I said, everybody take a deep breath. And they thought I was crazy. And I shared that same story with them. I said, you know, some of them were graduating and they were feeling that stress of getting graduation plan and all their senioritis things that they were going through. And I said, whenever you're going through this stress, whether it be now for the rest of the year or as you transition to college and adulthood, hold in those moments so that you have them to breathe out and they will help give you that moment of peace when you need it. And I get texts sometimes from some of them who are in college and say, guess what? I had a perfect day today. I was riding in a convertible. My favorite song was on and I breathed it in. It was great. Um, so I love that I get to share that piece of advice that I learned and, uh, and pass that on to kids so that they can use that in their lives too. Absolutely. That's so cool. And I think that's that's one of the best things we do as teachers is we take these amazing ideas, which you just gave an example of, take that for ourselves. And then, um, you know, it's kind of like a domino effect. Then we we give it to our students. They're able to use it. You know, one day they might have kids or friends, whomever they can share it with. And it's that one idea that starts with someone that we get to take and then pass on to others. And I think that's so cool. Dolly, any thoughts on that one? Best, uh, best advice. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, uh, from a coaching perspective and I, but I think it really applies to the way I approach education as well. My, my debate coach, <clears throat> anytime we had our, uh, kind of our first tournament for, the freshman first year debaters. So, you know, you're mostly freshmen, sometimes sophomores, you know, green behind the ears. They have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> they're scared. They're like, what is this debate world? You know, and he always has said, there's two things I want to get. It's like, I don't care if you win, lose, or draw. Like, did you learn something? And did you have fun? Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that that's kind of just the way I view education. You know, it's like, I want you to learn something, but I want you to have fun doing it too. I mean, uh, you know, school can be just, but just drudgery sometimes. Uh, you know, I certainly was not the straight A student in high school, uh, you know, but the classes that I had fun, I got A's in, you know, cause I, and, and not fun, like, Hey, let's just go have a party and not do anything. Like the class is probably where I worked the hardest. Uh, but they were fun, you know, it's just, it's, a, uh, you know, so it's one of those. Yeah. The, the, but I love that idea of just breathing in the experience. I mean, just, uh, I think we sometimes forget about that. We're so stuck, you know, sometimes in a, you know, we're just tunnel vision, Hey, get through the day, get through the day. And mm-hmm. so I really like that with Michelle's idea of just breathe it in, just take it all in. That's, that's so true. And, uh, when Michelle brought this topic up to us today, um, I think the, f- the first thing that I thought of, so my first teaching job was in peer. Um, I get done with college. I get a job in peer, uh, coaching girls tennis, which was an adventure, uh, being a 23-year-old guy <laughs> fresh into teaching. Anyway, uh, one cool thing that the uh, peer school district superintendent, Kelly Gloat, did was he did everything that he could to meet every new staff member, K through 12, who, whoever it was. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I go in, 
um, not really knowing what he's, what he's going to talk to me about. And, um, you know, we probably talked for 10, 15 minutes, but this is the only thing that I remember. And he told me, uh, the biggest thing, Wade, is just, just be one day ahead of the students. Don't think that you need to know everything. Just be, be one day ahead. And it's funny because now that I, I'm in year nine of teaching and, uh, you know, the new, the new teachers that, you know, vent and worry and stress and stuff that that's the thing I tell them just just be one day ahead don't think you have to know everything or or be a month ahead or a week ahead or whatever even two days ahead just just uh, be one day ahead of the students and they won't know any difference so um, but it's actually burned me because um, I have a student currently who is going on a family vacation for a month actually five weeks wow ahead. Um, I'm not five weeks ahead, uh, for that, <laughs> for that student right now. So, um, so that advice kind of burned in those situations, but, um, yeah, I, just... I don't know. I, I don't know if Jim Trett would be five <laughs> weeks ahead right now. Like... <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah. There's, there's certainly situations where you're, where that doesn't work perfectly, but just to know, you know, you don't have to have everything figured out just, uh, one day at a time and, um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I have remembered and, and taken. It just kind of gives you peace and comfort, especially when it comes from the superintendent saying, Hey, just it's, everything's gonna be okay. One, one day at a time. So, so that's, <laughs> that's advice that I've taken and, and kind of given to others and just a good reminder because teaching so tough, you don't know what's going to happen day to day. Um, in 2020, we don't know what next week is going to yeah. bring. Are we going to be in school or what, what's, you know, what's the fashion? Um, are we going to be a close contact and be at home? Uh, we just, we don't, we don't, we don't know. We certainly don't know the situation. So, um, so anyway, um, so yeah, best advice we could, uh, we could come up with a list of, of 10 or 15, 20 things, but uh, we will leave it to that. Uh, we're going to take, uh, we're actually doing okay on time. We're going to keep going. Uh, so Travis, your, um, I'm really interested in this. Uh, what you have for us. So your topic that you wanted to bring to the table was if you were in charge of a school, you're the principal, you're the person in charge, whomever it might be, uh, what would you bring to the table that maybe schools aren't doing? Um, we're not just saying Washington, but just just school in general. Um, if you're in charge, Travis, what, uh, what are you bringing to the table? Well, uh, I, I joked at, you know, beginning here, you know, to note, I do not have an admin degree at all. Like, never taken any classes. Like, I've had people be like, "Hey, are you are you ever going to go into admin?" It's like, no, no, I definitely never want to go into admin. Like, I don't. Like this year, I can't imagine the just the hassle that our admin has had to go through with calling people and then the close contacts and just everything else. But uh, but I've thought about a lot, just kind of like how schools can change and adapt. I think, uh, you know, for too often, you know, the question is always is, well, why do we do this? You know, and I always joke, I'm like, well, you ever seen Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, you know, when kids ask me, like, why do we do something? And I'm like, they're like, what? I'm like, because tradition. Like, that's why we do it. Just and then I start singing tradition from okay. Fiddler on the Roof. And then they just look at me and go, you can't sing. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's <laughs> why I play drums. But 
the problem is, you know, part of it, I mean, the, we've been doing education and, and I'm not talking teaching styles. I mean, I think we've done a really good job as teachers of adapting, you know, to learning styles and, you know, being more inclusive and, and all of that. And that's awesome. But the structure and format of the, the way school is set up to me is still outdated just because of tradition. So to me, there's a few things that I would look at. Uh, and I've done actually a little bit of research on this, is that school should not start until 9.30 in the morning for high school specifically. Uh, I mean, there's so much research on just the way teenagers' brains function. Like, I'm an old man. I'm in bed by 10, 10.30. Like, it's just, and I'm up at 6, but that's just my body. It's just like, hey, old man, you're getting up. It's time to get up and have some coffee. Uh, teenagers are not like that. I mean, I, I, I'll i get emails from kids at two in the morning going, hey, I got a question about this. And I'm like, what are you doing at two in the morning? And But that's just, it, it's just their brains are up at that time. Uh, and you probably know this. I mean, your first and second period classes, I mean, they're just drones sometimes because they're like, hello, wake up, come on, let's go. But their brains just aren't going. So to me, I, I, the, I would... You know, and, and obviously a principal like, you know, Papke wouldn't just be able to be like, hey, all right, at Washington, we're going to start at this time. Uh, but, you know, I think ideally at, at smaller schools or if I was a, you know, say a superintendent, um, I would actually go from 930 to 410 uh, for classes. And I would do 40 minute class periods, too, because I think 50 minutes sometimes is just too long. Of course, sometimes it's not enough. I mean, it just kind of depends. But if you do, if you did 40 minute class periods, and then I actually, I was trying to plan this out. So I was like, okay, how would I set up the times then? So I, you know, planned it all out. And I would actually like at Washington, you know, we have four lunch periods. I actually like the idea of just three lunch periods to where, you know, as a teacher, then you would have your lunch and then you would have a, you know, a study hall and then maybe either another study hall or you could have a directed study for, certain kids or just however it worked. Um, and then you could still have seven class periods and be done at 410 in the afternoon. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people, well, what about, you know, sports and all of this other stuff? It's like, if school's not starting until 930 and I'm the cross country coach, uh, we're running at seven. Let's go. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, or, yeah, cross country starts practice at 430 instead of 330. You know, or 315. Um, but, uh, you know, because again, I don't know if uh, elementary school or, or middle school that would work that later of a start, but really for high school, it's just their brains. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, for teachers, it, when you look at like what works uh, for successful teaching, it's planning time. You talk about teachers and, and you talk about that, just being a day ahead, right? Just being a day ahead. Well, there's sometimes, you know, those teachers are, they're getting that day ahead at nine o'clock at night, you know, or eight o'clock at night, trying to be ahead. Where you look at countries like Finland, uh, they give so much more prep time for their teachers. And that's just vital. Because, I mean, you can make, I mean, when I have more time to prep, I mean, my lessons are better. I have, you know, better ways to engage. If I'm just, you know, at the last minute trying to throw something together, like, it's not going to be as good. I mean, it might still be effective, but it's definitely not going to be as good. Um, so I like that that idea of trying to figure out, okay, so how do you have 
less meetings, more prep time. Uh, but I also love the uh, blended classes. So I know Michelle teaches one, and I've, I've been talking to Jim Trett and a few other people that do it, and it is just the kids love it. Because uh, I think, you know, my daughter did great in high school. She did fine. She loves college because, you know, it's only so many days a week and she can get her work done uh, outside of class that she has. And my youngest, who's a sophomore this year, last year as a freshman, she loved the online stuff because she was like, I got to sleep in a little bit more. I got to get other stuff done. I still got all my homework done and had extra time because, you know, she's someone who can get it done. It doesn't work for everybody. We all know that. Uh, but I think if you had more blended opportunities for those kids, uh, I think it prepares them more for responsibility as adults, not just in college, but just in general. Like if you're just getting a job, you got to figure out, okay, you got to take responsibility for getting stuff done, for being on time. And the blended classes, I think, give that opportunity. Uh, for students. And I, and I'm sure Michelle can, can talk more on that. Um, and the last thing I would do, uh, and this is just a pet peeve of mine is students can no longer just advance with their age cohorts in the younger class, uh, grades before they get to high school and not do anything. It's like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, we had a few kids join my eighth grade class, you know, that were supposed to be a grade in front of us. They were much better for it because they needed to not go to high school yet because they needed another year to, to figure it out, get things going. And, and it's it's not like it hurt them in the long run. I mean, they it, it actually probably helped them. I mean, yeah. and, and so it's one of those where I look at, you know, the way we just got to view education of, no, we just got to keep passing the kids. You just got to keep moving them forward. And I know it's not even the teacher's fault. Like, I mean, they're just basically told, no, these kids have to pass because we've got to keep these cohorts going. And, and as high school teachers, that makes it hard because then, you know, as Wade knows, teaching mostly freshmen or all freshmen, it's like the kids are just like, what, what do you mean I have to turn this in to, to pass? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So it's kind of one of those where it's like, if we could adjust the time a little bit, give more kids opportunities for kind of that blended learning, more prep time for, for uh, teachers. And before they even get to high school, uh, make sure that they actually should be in high school. So that's kind of what my big, big brain picture of what <laughs> <laughs> schools could be. I love it. Okay. All right. Uh, we're up against time here. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Uh, a couple of things that you said, Travis, uh, I have a couple ideas, um, just a couple things that I thought of, and then uh, we'll get Michelle's thoughts as well. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, we are here with Michelle and Travis. This is Wednesday with Wade. Wade here. If you are a fan of the Warriors of Washington High, then I highly suggest you check out the podcast called The Warrior Way, led by Jeff Tobin and Grant Scouten. They visit with a member of the Washington High School community every week on Thursday that comes out, and you can find that podcast where you find your other podcasts. Again, that is called The Warrior Way. Hey, Mac, it's Hyde. I just wanted to take this time to thank you for being an incredible role model to our students here at Washington High School, um, especially our oral interpreters that we have here. Um, 
you have been you have given them a voice and taught them how to be good competitors and overall just good humans and how to share their story and the importance of our stories and how we convey them to the masses. And I know that there are hundreds of students that you've impacted over the years, and they have nothing but just incredible things to say about you. So thank you so much for everything that you do for our students. You are an amazing colleague and friend to have here at Washington High School. Thanks. Hi, Wade. My name is Maddie Morgan, and I know that you are having Michelle McIntyre on your podcast today. And I just wanted to say that one of the best things about her is she will never give up on you, no matter how much you want to give up on yourself when it comes to anything. She was my interp coach. And not only that, but she felt like my second mom, and she always checked up on me when it came to my schoolwork and my personal life. And she's always there. Even still, now two years after I graduated from Washington, and she's amazing. And anyone who thinks differently obviously hasn't taken the time to get to know this wonderful woman. Thank you. Love you, Mac. <laughs> we are back. Wednesday with Wade, episode nine with Michelle and Travis. So Travis just talked about uh, the things that he would change if he was in charge of a school, a couple of ideas that I was thinking, uh, Travis, when you were talking. So I'm originally uh, from Brookings. I'm a Brookings Bobcat and teachers there, and I might be speaking out of turn. I'm not positive, but the <laughs> last I knew, they have a seven period schedule, uh, just like we do at Washington. And they get actually two preps. So two periods mm -hmm. where they can plan. Uh, we only get one. Uh, so, so that made me think of just... <clears throat> how lucky so, they are so i can i can blame judy kroll kicking my butt for years in yes, debate on that exactly <laughs> kroll had an extra hour every day and that's why she dominated um but no and then i believe that there was a year where they took a prep away from them and the teachers oh. you know just got so upset and i don't i can't speak for them obviously but um they got upset about it and basically pressured enough where they got their second prep back the next year. And I don't know if that's entirely true, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, we could have two preps, but you know, life, life could be worse. We're doing okay. One day at a time, like I said earlier. And then, then the other thing, Travis, that I agree with, um, I teach first period, um, I teach second period. The kids, the the energy level between the difference between uh, you know first period or fourth or fifth, sixth, where the kids have had lunch, um, it's it's insanely different. Um, so I'm yeah. kind of with you on starting later, and then um, like I told you guys during the break here, uh, semester tests. When I was in peer, so I was my and peer was pretty similar to Brookings when I went to high school. Um, it was kind of over the span of, uh, I believe it might've been three days where, um, they took two in the morning, one in the afternoon, two in the morning, one in the afternoon each day. And then there might've been a third day for one test. Um, so when I came to Sioux Falls and we did three in the morning, first one starting at 7 30 AM and then nine and then 10 30 or something like that. I was, I was worried for the kids, honestly. 
Um, yeah. Because we start we start at eight ten, eight thirty every day, and then all of a sudden, especially for my freshmen who've never taken semester tests. Um, not only do they have to do that, which they haven't done before, but then they have to wake up that much earlier to take a test that uh, is pre- pretty important to their grades and GPA and all that good stuff. Um, so I'm glad that that's kind of shifting and we're uh, we're making that a little bit different. But, um, but yeah, those are the kind of the things that I thought of, Travis, as you were talking. Uh, Michelle, we'll put the ball on your court. We'll put the crown on your head. You are oh, in yikes. charge. <laughs> What, uh, what are you, what are you doing? Well, some of my ideas, like Travis was talking about, um, I just finished my ed S so I was doing some studying about different admin things and just looking at programs in different schools all over the place. And I guess, you know, Travis talked a lot about blended and seriously, I could talk about blended for two hours. I have, it's amazing for what it does for kids. It's energized me as a teacher. It's just, it's awesome. But what I've learned from doing blended and from studying different things is that the more we kind of shift to a young adult learning attitude with our kids, the more they take ownership of what they're doing. Um, and it isn't just about then them learning the academics, but the soft skills that they're going to need to be successful are starting to develop just in the simple earning their blended day privileges. Um, And it's really easy to see the correlation between them getting those soft skills and how much better they do in school. And it's just going to translate so well into their adult lives. And so then it made me think too, um, I have asked kids, you know, rather than me, like you had said, being a day ahead, um, I tell the kids, I'm not going to be much farther than a day ahead because I want you to tell me how you want me to plan. Like based on where we are today, what do you want from me moving forward tomorrow? What could I have done better today? So you, you get it, you know, especially with the stuff we've done online and remote learning. I think that I've designed some amazing stellar stuff for kids. And then they'll say to me, Hey, if you could have done this, it would have been easier. If you could have done this, we would get it better. So I have learned to ask them. You just, you know, let's be partners in this. Um, so I think if I were um, to run a school, I would try to develop more of a partnership and get more student voice in the things that we do. And they do rise to the occasion. They do take ownership. And then it made me think, how many more things could we do that simulate adult type of learning? And, you know, for me, like you have freshmen, so your perspective will be different than mine. I have juniors and seniors. And like you said, Travis, about they don't want to get up early. They are not morning people. You know, could we have um, classes in the evening that a kid could get an extra credit? Like if you took an evening class at a college, could a kid come from five to seven and take an evening class and remove that out of their day if they're not daytime people? Or, you know, some of our kids who have dual credit type of classes that are going to CTE or going to dual credit um, buildings, they're used to coming and going and doing different things. So I wonder sometimes if they had more control of their schedules and had more options, a bigger menu of options, um, what kind of an impact that would have. Um, So for me, it would be more of a shift to seeing our kids as young adults and seeing them as partners in how we design everything that we give them access to. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I think that, you know, I always think of, you know, I grew up in a 
small town, you know, Melbank, South Dakota, uh, where, you know, you look at the options that they have for, you know, I, there's, there's no community college in Melbank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the closest college is probably the, uh, Sisseton Wapiton, uh, community college in, uh, agency village which is a good 40 minutes away 30 minutes away you know so uh but that you know that's for the bigger schools i think that gives them an option though right i mean i think that is something huge for any of those schools that that they could do because like you said i think we've we we sometimes just coddle them too much thinking they can't take it on whereas they truly can i mean they really can you know, when I started Blended, we even had something that was, it was so simple. Like they sent us, they flew us to Naperville, Illinois, and we watched a really good Blended program. And then I came back and told my students about it. I was so excited. And uh, as we were piloting this last year, uh, Carrie Smith in the library had gotten permission to get a Keurig down there. So if kids were going to spend their Blended periods in the library, they could buy a cup of coffee you would not believe the impact allowing them to have a cup of coffee had on them. And when I told them about it, I said, you know, this is what they're going to do. So it'd be just like sitting at a student union in college, grab a cup of coffee, sit in the library, do your work. And they're like, really? They, they don't think we're going to spill and it's okay. I'm like, no, it's okay. You can have a cup of coffee. And then we gave them a survey to find out what kind of coffee they wanted. And you know, little things like that. And then I would talk to them about when we finally gave them off-campus privileges and stuff. And so little by little, I'd say, okay, this is the next phase of Blended. This is the next privilege you're going to have. And I'd explain it and I'd say, now, what questions can I answer for you to make it clear? And this one kid in the back, he raised his hand and I called on him and he said, I don't have a question, but thank you. And I almost started crying. I was like, why? And he goes, thank you for not treating us like babies. And that really had an impact on me. And I thought, if that kid's thinking it, other kids are thinking it. So how can we like change the lens through which we view the way that we interact with our kids? Yeah. Yes, I love that. And, uh, you know, it makes me think of the fact that, you know, so many kids go into college and, and struggle, especially that first semester or first year. And if we allow them these these opportunities that can you know, they're, they're not exactly like college, but, you know, equate somewhat um, to just give them those opportunities of that, that freedom, that responsibility. Um, it's going to translate into a better freshman year of college, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. And how many is this? And I'm I'm ignorant to blending because blended because I've got uh, I've got freshmen who maybe I'll try to treat a little bit more like adults, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's not it's not easy. So is this uh, is this year two, year one? What what year are we on? Year two, year yes. Year two, and okay. last year there was probably I don't know a half a dozen of us, maybe maybe a little more that did it. And this year I know that there are more. My daughter has a couple of blended classes too, and. And, you know, she loves it. I know her blended teachers um, really make it a good experience for her, too. So it's going well. I, I highly recommend it. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Anything, Travis, before we transition? No, I I mean, I think just the more I hear about the blended learning, the more I'm just like, yes, absolutely. 
um, you know, because I was even talking to Schleckway about it this morning about how I kind of want to try and create a debate one class for the juniors and seniors that's blunt. You know, because like you said, you and I teach freshmen sometimes, eh, you know, maybe a blended class is not going to work for all of them. But I, you know, there's quite a few juniors and seniors that take the debate one class. If I could just have one class set aside, like blended debate one, but it's, you know, only available for juniors and seniors. Because uh, I even had a couple of students who are in blended classes. They're like, Dolly, why isn't this a blended class? Because there's yeah. days where I'm just like, get to work. Like, you have to write a case get it done and they're like why do we have to sit in class and do this i'm like i don't know like (laughs) so even them they're like you know i i I think just there's so many opportunities that we can add uh for a blended class that that we've just touched the surface so i'm super excited that we're finally adopting it uh because i think it will really help uh make education so much better yeah Okay. All right. Good. And I, uh, I enjoy learning about this because I don't, I don't get to have these conversations. I don't teach with <laughs> other teachers that are doing this. So, um, so this is cool. All right. We're going to transition, um, in the spirit of election season. Uh, I don't, we're not, we're not going to talk politics. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to do a little trivia. We're going to do a little fun. We're going to do president trivia. So you guys are teaming up. Um, it's not multiple choice. It's short answers, so it's going to be a little bit tougher because of that. Um, but we'll see how you how you do. Uh, so five questions. The answer is a U.S. president. Uh, so question number one is: This is the first president to hold a press conference on television. And you guys can brainstorm. Uh, I think that was Eisenhower, Michelle, but. You a can, press uh, conference. Yep. Because the first debate, obviously, was Kennedy-Nixon. Yeah. And so I think the first TV press conference, because it, it'd either be Truman or Eisenhower, I think. And I think it was Ike. I would go with that. I would say that time period would make sense to need to have a televised press conference. So I would go with Eisenhower or Truman, too. That seems logical. All right, so what do you think, Eisenhower? Yeah, let's go with that. All right. Okay, so you guys can fact check me. Um, I just spent about 20 minutes <laughs> looking these up today. Um, I don't even have a date written down. Um, I'm not, I didn't do as good a job as I could have with this. Um, it's actually JFK. JFK, really? Okay. JFK. Let's, let's answer that. So yes, you, guys, you, guys were, you guys were talking about him. You guys were, you guys were there. All right, yeah. so we're, we're 0 for 1. Uh, number right, two, right. uh, I feel like you're going to get this one. This is the only president to be elected four times. I know. Yeah. Easy. All right, Michelle. FDR. That is FDR. Well done. <laughs> okay. One for two. Number three, um, this is the only president whose two assassination attempts against him were made by women. I just thought this was interesting. So I'll, I'll read it again. The only president whose two assassination attempts against him were made by women. Boy, that is. Is that Buchanan? No. No, B- Buchanan was. He, um, well, no, maybe. 
So I will, I'll, uh, I'll hint 1900s. Okay. 1900s. 1900s. So, yep. so not Buchanan. Okay. It wasn't Reagan because Reagan was actually shot by a guy. Yeah. Um, Nixon, maybe? By women? <laughs> I mean, or Bush. Or, I mean, like, all right. So when you're saying like assassination attempts, I mean, are, are we talking like jump the fence? Uh, yeah. to uh, of the White House to try and try and get because actually I do remember that there was a lady who jumped the fence when Bush was president. Okay. I think it's George W. Bush. W, yeah. not not Dad, right? Yeah, not H W W. I just can't think of any other. You know, like I can remember the Reagan one, and yeah. I, so I'll go with you, Travis, because I can't think of anything. Nothing All comes right. to mind. Okay. Um, so again, I don't have details on these, just simply <laughs> answers. Uh, Gerald Ford. Gerald Ford? Really? So, so I might have to go back and actually look at these. I should have had these answers to actually be good <laughs> with hosting this. but Fun, um, fun, fun sidebar. Yeah, exactly. My but. favorite, one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits of all time is Dana Carvey portraying, uh, I think, Dan Rather doing the Gerald Ford dead today at age 83. <laughs> and he's like doing all the scenarios because he's going to Barbados or whatever for the holidays. So he's got to record all these scenarios. <laughs> he's like, Gerald Ford dead today at age 83. And it's just constant. And they make it more ridiculous. So anytime I hear Gerald Ford, I just think of that skit from I, Saturday Night Live. So That makes me think of that too. I actually remember that. Oh, that is hilarious. Uh, Dana Carvey, good stuff. Good SNL reference. All yes, right. Thank you. All right. Number four here. Uh, this president does not like ice cream as a result of working at an ice cream shop as a teenager. Think, think more recent on this one. I wonder if it's Obama. I don't think it's Clinton because there's all, all that footage of him going to different places and having treats all the time. Remember, people used to give him a hard time because he wasn't healthy. I don't think it's another him. another great Saturday Night Live skit with <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Phil Hartman. But Phil Hartman, anyway. yeah. <laughs> Recent though, I'd, I'd say it's got to be Obama because I could see you know growing up, you know his mom was poor. He had, probably had to get a job working, you know, probably working in an ice cream shop. Or you know, someplace. Yeah, I'll go with that too. I've n I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I, Obama is the correct answer. Well done. Ooh. Yes. Good rationalization there. Very good. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Fifth and final one here. This is the first US Democratic president to win re-election since FDR. It's the first US so that would have been a first that, US that'd be Obama. Because uh, FDR, then it was Ike or uh, Truman, who didn't get reelected because he didn't win in '45. He won in '48, but then that was eight years or seven years, so he didn't get run again. JFK didn't run for a second term. What about did LB. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. yep. I, hey, I thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yep, yep. Teamwork makes the dream work. Bill. Yes. William yes. Clinton. Well done. There you go. Good job. That's uh, that's teamwork it's, right there. 
Hey, yeah. 60%, we pass now. There you go. Woo! Exactly. With the new grading scale, <laughs> that is good enough. Good job. Yeah, a couple of those were, were obviously tough, but um, just something fun, just something um, a little topical at the moment um, with the election going on. So, so three out of five, good job. Um, all right, we're going to transition now into uh, memorable teaching stories. If you teach long enough, you are going to garner uh, some fun ones, some some sad ones, some that can't be described in a category. Um, but Michelle, we're going to start with you, a memorable teaching story that you want to share. Okay, this one's funny. Um, and, you know, I have so many, but this one's funny. So when I teach the crucible, before I get started with the story, I'm trying to get them hooked into kind of some of the themes. And we started one year where I asked the kids, we were talking about rumors and how dangerous rumors can be sometimes. And I said, well, you know, in your life as teenagers, I'm sure that you have encountered a time where either you've heard of a rumor and realized it was, you know, dangerous or damaging to somebody's reputation, or maybe you were the target of that. So I asked them to share some ways that they connected with this. And this girl almost jumped right out of her chair. I can still see where she sat in the classroom and everything. She was just hilarious. And she just leaps up and she goes, it's like that episode of the Kardashians where everybody <laughs> thought that Kim had butt implants. But it was just a rumor because everybody found out later that is her real butt. And like, she was so serious. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it. Oh my goodness. That is memorable. That's awesome. Oh, it was a great one. Keeping up with the Kardashians. They've got to be getting too old. Oh, anyway. All right. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, Travis, story that you, you have. All right, so it's uh, it's going to be a debate story because you know, I've been coaching debate for so long. But uh, the the year I was there, uh, 04, 05, uh, just a uh, year sabbatical that Eric was gone. So I get this one kid in class. He's a junior, uh, and he definitely does not fit the mold of what you would think a debater is, you know, the, the, the nerd, quote unquote, right? I mean, the kid's got baggy jeans. He's got a white button-down shirt that he has untucked, you know, hanging <laughs> down or whatever. But he just kind of, you know, I was just like, whatever, you know, I don't care how you look, you know, just uh, I want kids to experience this, this activity. So he kind of got into it. His name's Tommy. So shout out to Tommy if he's listening because I'm going to post this on Facebook. Uh, and so... Uh, we're at a tournament, we're getting off a bus, and the assistant coach at Roosevelt at the time is like, hey, uh, who's, that, who's that one kid on your team? And I was like, like which one? It's like, uh, the kid who looks like he's holding a gat. And I was like, oh. Because <laughs> he did. He looked like he was in a gang because he would literally, before his round, he would tuck in his dress shirt, you know, pull up his pants, cinch his belt up, go in and debate. And then, you know, come out of the round, pull out his shirt, pull down his pants a little bit, you know. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, that's Tommy. Don't worry about Tommy. <laughs> but it was just hilarious that, you know, yeah, these are the kids we get at Washington. We'll take all kinds. We don't care. Oh, that's awesome. He's a great kid. He just, he's just a little different. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. 
Um, do the do the so I I don't know much about oral and terp or debate. I was never in it. I was I was kind of a jack. Um, the older I've gotten, though, the more I appreciate things I'm not good at. Uh, so music, band, singing, choir, uh, the, the fine arts, those types of things. Uh, I've I've learned to appreciate more and more as I've gotten older. Uh, so do, are they graded um, or judged at all for their appearance or is it just kind of understood? Oh, oh no, it's uh, a lot of times we talk about, you know, appearance. You know, you want to look the part. I mean, if you're mm -hmm. if you're talking professionally and giving this performance, I mean, it's it's pretty much, uh, you know, and it, and it varies, obviously, with the event. I mean, Oral Interp really has a set like this is you need to have this you need to have this uh policy debate which we don't do anymore but at the national circuit level i mean you could be in a t-shirt and hat and like they don't care it's just weird uh we're in south dakota it's like no it's a you know it's a nice shirt you don't necessarily have to be in a blazer and a tie but you know you're probably looking at you know i used to joke actually you want to put on your sunday best but that shows my age because most of the kids are like, what in the world are you talking about? I'm like, well, <laughs> theoretically in the past, when you were working on the field six days a week, you dressed in your best outfit of the day on Sunday to go to church, go to eat, go to visit family. Because that was the only day that you weren't wearing your work clothes. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, all right, never. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. A couple of years ago, not last summer, because we were online, but the summer before we had nationals in Dallas and they held them in the entire thing all day, every day in this hotel. Cause it was this huge hotel complex and they would have these, um, you know, stretchy things that would make lines for kids and you'd have to get in line to go on the elevator, which sometimes took 20, 30 minutes. You'd have to get in line and wait for an elevator. And the first day, my kids were all lined up and, you know, dressed up and excited and whatever. And all these kids from all over the country are getting in line. And, and the whole talk was, oh, look at that suit. Look at that suit. And then they're on their phones <laughs> trying to Google like suit with buttons and orange and pearl <laughs> thing. And they're all doing whatever. And Scott Walker from Watertown, uh, one of the coaches there, he was nearby me. And I said, this is like the red carpet of Interp. It's like everybody <laughs> wants to see what everybody's wearing. And then that kind of translates when we come back home, then all of a sudden no one's wearing black suits anymore. They all want colorful suits because yeah. that's what they saw when we went to national. So it's kind of yeah. cute how they, how they kind of fashionize this whole thing sometimes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, I always tell the kids too, it's a great, I said, look, tell your parents, hey, sorry, mom, Dolly's requiring me to get some really <laughs> cool outfits. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta go shopping, you know? <laughs> I always tell mine the opposite. I'm like, please do not go home and say they have to buy you $200 worth of clothes and that because I said so. Don't get me in trouble. So, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, hey, thrift shop's a great song yeah. and a great lesson. <laughs> like, you can find great, great stuff at the thrift store, man. Oh, so. That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. Uh, we're going to take, we're running out of time here. Uh, for this segment, we're going to come back. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with Michelle and Travis. They are going to give us their their one big thing. I describe this as the one thing they want their students to remember and to put into action. You know, if you guys had one class period with your kids, what's the thing you're talking to them about? And uh, 
what you want them to remember, essentially. So uh, we will be right back with that. This is Wednesday with Wade. This is a shout out to all the gals, the guests and listeners of the show. Out of the infinite amount of things you could be doing with your time right now, you've decided to listen to this podcast. And I want you to know that really means a lot to me and I appreciate it. So thank you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Mr. Dolly has been such a personal mentor in my son's life and in the lives of so many students. He meets students where they're at and embraces them for the different and eclectic gifts they bring to the table. He stretches students to be the very best they can be, but he allows them to make mistakes and grows them through those experiences. And might I add, he is also one of the most patient people I know on planet Earth. Thank you, Mr. Dolly, for being the epitome of what it means to be a great human. Hey, wait, so I hear you're bringing Travis Dolly in. Um, Travis, I loved my mornings having coffee with you. Not everybody knows that when I was teaching there, I would spend most of my mornings down with Travis and a couple other teachers, uh, Goozy when he was in the house. Um, and we'd have coffee every morning. And one thing that I saw from Travis is his constant dedication to his to his students and to his debaters, they'd be in there so many mornings when we'd be trying to have a conversation. And um, Travis would spend so much time, so much extra time above and beyond. And and teachers know that that's a thing that we do. But I got to witness it with Travis, all the extra time and energy that he puts in with his students. Um, all Even inspired this veteran of, of 22 years. So thanks, Travis. Hey, Wade, this is Megan Dolly. Uh, thanks so much for providing space to let us do something like this. And I first want to say hi to Mac and thank you for being such a wonderful partner for my husband to um, bounce ideas off of and really help these kids grow in their forensic careers. Um, Trav, you know that you and I both grew up in a fantastic school system where our teachers were incredible. And it's really fun watching you carry on that tradition that we grew up in of just being the teacher that really has a whole lot of impact on the kids and the kids enjoy actually being around. It's really fun watching you thrive and doing something that we're so incredibly talented at. Um, and it's just a blessing that our girls have somebody like you as a dad and that um, you have this gift that you share. And it's just, it's just awesome. It's just awesome. Love you. We are back with Michelle and Travis, episode nine. We are to the one big thing. This is probably my favorite segment um, because we're not we're we're talking about things that matter to us, and I feel like it's just it's fun to listen to guests and learn about what truly matters to them. Anyway, uh, Michelle, your one big thing, the one thing you want your students to take with them put into action into their lives. And you kind of talked about that, uh, that breathe in moment mm -hmm. where they can, they can, they can take something, take an idea, whatever it is, put into action. Um, what's your one big thing? My one big thing is two big things. Okay. Um, and this is both for coaching and for, uh, for teaching too. Um, as a coach, when I first started coaching, um, I was just determined to build this program and I was traveling and seeing everybody else having their programs. And I was like, why can't my program be like that? You know, kind of stubborn redhead wanting to have it 
be a certain way. And some of my kids came in early on and they were like, I want to win. I want to be on stage. I want to get a medal. And so they were starting at the finish line. And I said, we need to pull back for just a minute and realize that if you are out there on this circuit and you are a person of character who's representing your school in a positive way and who's making friends and showing kindness, showing your character, you are going to win. You can't just say, I'm going to win and insist upon winning. You've got to show that you have all of those winning qualities first and the winning will come. You know, it wasn't just practicing and memorizing and just being really tense and nervous about getting the perfect piece and then winning. It had to start first with them as people and showing who they are. And I do have people who will tell me, I know who the Washington kids are because they're friends with kids from other team and they're happy to see kids from out of town when we're at state and they root for each other. And I truly believe that because they, you know, just worked on being great people and great um, stewards of how we do things at Washington, wherever we went, suddenly the success started to follow. So I always say you can't start at the finish line. You have to start with your interpersonal stuff first. And my other thing, both for teaching in class, is that I want kids to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because I never want them to be cheated out of that feeling that hopefully you, and I know I've had it, I hope everybody's had this feeling, where at first you might feel a little unsure about yourself or timid or intimidated, like I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, that's beyond my capability. But then when you do something you thought you couldn't do, you're like, wow, I did that. And that is the greatest feeling in the world. So I never want kids to be afraid of being uncomfortable because I want them to feel that empowerment of knowing what they truly can do when they let themselves try. Yes. I love that. I love, I love both. I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared two big things. You, I had to cheat. I'm you sorry. You cheated too. a little bit, but I love that. And I, uh, I can't remember where I, I got this from, but um, it's this, explanation of comfort zone. So you have your comfort zone where you're, you're totally comfortable in whatever you're doing. And then you have, I think what you were kind of talking about is what I call a stretch zone where you're not, you're not fully comfortable, but you're not necessarily freaking out. Um, and then there's that, um, you know, danger zone where you're just not comfortable whatsoever. Um, but doing things, you know, or on turp debate that I'm sure that definitely fits into a lot of your kids stretch zone where they're not 100% comfortable, but they're not, you know, peeing their pants on stage. They're, they're, they're slightly uncomfortable. Um, and to, to experience things in that stretch zone, and you just, you're so much better when you, when you get through those experiences. Um, and to, cause so many kids, you know, just choose not to do anything. And I yeah. think your students, your kids that do debate, do oral and terp, um, they get so many of those moments in that stretch zone that, helps them prepare for life where a lot of the times they're going to be out of their comfort zone. Um, so I think that's, that's gotta be one of the cool things that you guys see as the leaders of those groups is to see those kids unsure of themselves, but get through it and have those smiles and a lot of proud moments on the, at the finish line, like you were saying. So, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Travis, you're one big thing. All right. Well, <clears throat> I first got to say, uh, 
how much I just love the fact that Michelle is here as our interim coach oh. at Washington High School. Um, and, and and I'm sure I've told her this a bunch of times, but like, I, it, it's scary when you become the old man around, uh, which <laughs> I've kind of become. Um, but I mean, there were years at Washington High School uh, where our interp program, we barely had a kid even show up. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was anemic. And it was so frustrating as a debate coach going, how am I not that great at coaching interp, the best interp coach here at Washington <laughs> High School? Because watch and and you do like everybody loves those washington interp kids i mean they kind of like some of the debate kids but debaters are also kind of obnoxious and self-absorbed sometimes so like like but they love the washington interp kids i mean they're just and, and it is it is so awesome to see so uh i love that that kind of idea um so as far for me uh kind of the one big thing i really want kids to to understand things from different perspectives um because to me you know i grew up as a farm kid in a small ass town in south dakota <laughs> where there was literally one black kid in my high school who moved my sophomore year in high school like i am about as isolated as can be but because you know, my, my family and my teachers that I had, like, like Mr. Cheddar and Mrs. Reburn and just all of the teachers from Melbank. I mean, they really wanted you to see the world from multiple perspectives. So that's one thing I try to tell the kids is like, you know, try to try to see it from a different perspective. Um, you know, and it, you know, politics, you know, four years ago, there was a lot of kids that were scared. Uh, you know, there's a lot of just kind of bad attitudes from, from a lot of different groups and everything. And I, and I told the kids, I'm like, understand where other people are coming from and just like, and, and I joke, it's the Bill and Ted example, be excellent to each other. Yeah. Like understand where they're coming from. You don't have to necessarily like it, but be kind, like just, you know, reach out so it's almost to you know like understand their perspectives and, and be kind but it's like you know if you can get that i mean the world is just huge uh, there's so much out there uh you know in my one of my well the first student i ever met from washington high school was eric hansen who is uh mrs hansen's oldest son our secretary in the student services office and he's still hanging out he always used to give me grief about uh, my daughters, how I've raised them to be so independent that they're I'm never going to see them once they graduate, but uh, which is kind of true. They're so independent, but they just they they've embraced that. You know, there's so many different perspectives out there. We want to experience it, and we want to show kindness out there. And so, for my kids, and that's why I love debate and interp is that it gives them such a such a broader view and, and which is also why I love, love just Washington. I mean, there's just, mm -hmm. just the diversity and the, the experiences that kids have from 
all these different perspectives. They learn from each other. They learn about all these different worlds and, and cultures and backgrounds and experiences that they've had that it makes them better people uh, just overall and better human beings, which yeah, I think we could all use in this world. Absolutely. So true. And I, uh, I kind of have a similar experience uh, growing up in Brookings, definitely not as diverse when I taught in Pierre, not that diverse. Um, so it's, <laughs> it, it has been really good for me as a, you know, I'm 32 now. Um, it's, it's never too late to, to, you know, experience more perspectives like you were saying and it uh, it it truly can make you a better person um so i'm glad that i'm here uh, for that reason and many more so uh, i'm glad you brought that up and be kind be yeah. kind so simple <laughs> but yet so profound okay be Absolutely. excellent to each be, other be yes. that's great you're, you're too young for bill and ted's excellent it's, adventure it's, wave, a little, so. it's a little before my time i i'm aware <laughs> but um, not to the extent. Anyway, all right. Love it. Love the one big thing. In Michelle's case, two big things. Uh, we're going to transition here to Monday Night Football. I don't know. Uh, Travis, you and I talk football a little bit every once in a while in the hallway. Uh, Michelle, I don't know your football knowledge. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it's, it's not very good. She's a Chargers oh. fan, Ooh. so clearly I she's... <laughs> I knew it. So, I don't know if I allow you guys to talk about the game last week. So, so for those that don't know, Travis, I know, is a Broncos fan. Michelle is yes. a Chargers fan. Um, they're both not very good. But, uh, so what was, I think, just to recap briefly, uh, Chargers are up 24-3. to 3 in the third quarter. Uh, I, I, I turned off my we can't viewing talk of it. About this. Okay. All right. We I cannot. Okay. I will uh, the, Okay. We will, I just we'll just move on. Okay. Uh, we can't talk that and and election things in the same week. It's too traumatic Fair enough. for Michelle. Fair enough. It's too much. Okay. So let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about two teams that are actually worse potentially than the Broncos and the Chargers. <laughs> they are playing Monday night and it's the New England Patriots who are two and five. Without Tom Brady, they are going to New York and playing the 0-8 New York Jets. Uh, I believe out of Vegas, I think the Patriots are favored to win by a touchdown. Uh, so I'm going to let you guys discuss whatever you want to and then pick a winner for the game. Uh, so far, of the eight weeks, there have been nine Monday night football games. Our guests are actually 8-1 and one picking those. Which is actually pretty good because Hyde. the NFL is crazy. Hyde is the only loser Justin there. Justin Hyde, so he's not a big fan of me pointing it out, but he is the only one that has gotten one wrong. Justin, we love you. Um, I was I was with him in that pick. It was the Saints back in week two, and they uh, the Raiders beat him. But um, so, what are you what are you guys gonna go with? Uh, I hate the Patriots, but I mean yeah. the Jets are a dumpster fire. <laughs> to me but i don't know michelle what do you think i think i'm the same i don't like the patriots but i think you have to go with the statistics a little bit more <laughs> and say that's the safer choice yep okay you guys want to give a score just for fun Ooh. uh i i think bilichek's mad uh and he <laughs> hates the jets he loves running it up on the jets so i'm gonna say like 28 10 
I was going to say 24 six. So oh okay. we're kind of close. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love it. All right. Yeah. Jets, Jets are so bad. So if you're, I don't know if you guys know what a survivor league is where you just pick one oh, yeah. team to win a week. It's at this point, if you just pick against the Jets, you're perfectly fine. <laughs> um, but anyway, all right. What so is we, your team, Wade? I'm a Vikings fan. So the, okay. the, the depression during the football season, <laughs> I understand a million percent. So, um, yeah, we don't have to we don't have to talk about our fandom because it's just depressing. All right, we are to the point where we are at the end. Any shout outs that you guys want to give family, friends, colleagues, former students, uh, whatever you guys want to do here. Um, any shout outs that you want to give? So uh, we'll start with Michelle. Well, I would say I always have to give a shout out to my pal Tret. We team teach together. And uh, I'm thankful for that every day. I can tell you there is never, ever a bad day when you teach with Jim Trett. We just have the greatest, the greatest time teaching together. So I'm thankful for him and thankful for um, a great partnership that we've had for 10 years as we teach this class together. Excellent. All right. Travis, any shout outs you want to give? Uh, I, I think I got to give just a shout out to all the crazy debate coaches out there and interp coaches. I mean, um, I, I've been doing this activity for a long time. Uh, you know, just learned so much uh, from all of those teachers. They just dedicate so much time and energy to their lives. Uh, you know, and it's just, it, it's inspiring. I mean, even, you know, the, the older generation that kind of taught me, uh, what it was like, you know, my debate coach, Doug Cheddar, uh, you know, sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but like, you know, other coaches been around Jen Bergen, DDR, just all yeah. these great people. Uh, but even the younger kids, I mean, I, I see the energy that, you know, Roosevelt's uh, Luke Cumbie and Grace Gill are putting in and just the, the where they want to see it go. I mean, it's, it, it's, it gives me hope you know, that our, our future is in good hands because of all these kids that they are training. Um, but uh, beyond that, I mean, I also shout out to those Washington teachers. I just love, you know, I, I wish I could know more of you. You know, like I said, yeah. uh, I didn't get to know uh, Guzzi or, or Joris until, you know, a couple of years before they left me. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and, you know, I, I just wish I could get to know more on a personal level. Cause I mean, uh, we're just, you know, such an awesome crew. I, I love working there and it's so awesome. So, so thanks for having us, Wade. I, re I really appreciate it. Yeah. It's been fun. Thank you. Absolutely. This, this is one of my favorite parts of the week. Um, get to connect with, with colleagues, friends, family, ton of fun. And, uh, like you said, Travis, shout out to the Washington community from the A wing to the C wing, to the D wing, to the E wing, to, Student services, the offices, everywhere in between. Um, it's a great place to work. Um, like we always say, it's a great day to be a warrior. And uh, yes, and uh, you bet. So um, thank you, Travis and Michelle, for being here. Uh, thank you. Um, as a fellow teacher, uh, this year has not been easy. Um, every day yeah. is is unique and interesting. Um, but the students and you know the experiences that we get to have keep bringing us back. And uh, hopefully we get to uh, keep going back to school 
and uh, not have to stay at home and, and do Zoom, which we are doing right now. Um, I don't want to have to I do feel that attacked. necessarily I every feel day. attacked, Wade. No. I so Travis is actually at home right now. Um, I've been there. I, I'm not judging you whatsoever. Um, right. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's good to be in the building. I did not Ooh. think we would be in the building at this point in the oh. year. I didn't um, either. So I, I, I would have lost a lot of money had bets been placed on that. Yep. So yeah. um, the fact that, uh, yeah, we're, if, it feels like we're we're in we have bonus points as far as um, days in school. Um, so hopefully that continues. And uh, again, thanks for being here, guys. A ton of fun. And uh, hope you guys had a good time. Thank you. Thanks. Absolutely. Thanks, Wade. Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. All right. This has been episode nine Wednesday with Wade. As always, everybody, stay positive, test negative. Take care. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>